My name is Rob Katz. I'm the CEO of Val Resorts, and I want to welcome you to Epic by Nature. Around the world, across all of our resorts, we have employees who are experiencing their own epic journeys. Employees who are the heroes of their own stories, who constantly challenge themselves to give more, to do more, to be more. We developed this podcast so that we can share their journeys and the journeys of our guests, our mountains, and our communities, all of which are truly epic by nature. We have to be ambitious and we have to be accountable to one another as a team. We're together in this as a community, as a mountain, as a resort network, and it just makes me feel part of something bigger. I want to win, but more than that, way more than that. I want my team to win. We have always been very innovative. And I think that is why we are leaders. I found that there was a much greater value in we than in me. If you're not already part of the sport, skiing and snowboarding can seem a little scary. You are literally sliding down a mountain, standing up. But once you get good, skiing and snowboarding is one of the most exhilarating and freeing experiences you can have. And on a great powder day, it can feel like pure bliss. Literally using your body to move all over a huge snow-covered mountain. But how do you get from the fear to pure bliss? Practice is clearly a part, but being taught is another big part. I can remember the first time I took an actual ski lesson. When I first started skiing, I was kind of self-taught and even on your own, you can get better by just taking more runs. And I figured out ways to muscle down the mountain. But I was a long way from bliss. More like a ball of tension and legs that were always in pain. But in my first group lesson, I got one pointer from an instructor that changed everything. About my hands. Hands? You don't ski with your hands. Ah, but you do. And that one pointer from the instructor that day made me a lifelong, crazy passionate skier. And with more pointers from many different instructors, I've been able to ski a wide variety of terrain and have amazing experiences all over the world. But who are these wizards who can convert your fear into bliss? that ignites lifelong passion for our sport and the experience of a lifetime. We thought we would take the time today to share the stories of our ski and snowboard instructors, our pros who use tried and tested techniques to remove the hurdles and barriers, strip away the fear, share their passion, and open up our sport and our mountains to more people every day. Stacy Garish is the manager of training and quality at Beaver Creek Ski and Snowboard School. Ski school is in her DNA. Growing up in Vermont, Stacy's mom was a ski instructor, and her earliest memories were of her mom at work. I literally learned how to ski as soon as I knew how to walk. Um, she would bring me to work with her, and I'd kind of flail around on my skis while she was teaching lessons. Stacy herself benefited from ski lessons growing up. 
I was in a program called Ski Runners and it was one of the greatest things when my grades were great. We got to leave school early on Fridays. So I got to ski two and a half days every weekend all winter long. I went to Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York, and I thought it was great because the word ski was in the name of the college. Everyone would change their Skidmore College sticker and take off the D, ski more. A year after she finished college, Stacy found herself yearning for the mountains out west and on the recommendation of her friend, showed up at Beaver Creek and was offered a job as a ski instructor. That was 31 years ago, and she has been there ever since. Growing up around ski school, Stacy understands that while learning as a child comes naturally, getting kids started in the sport isn't always straightforward. Early morning across all of our resorts, the same scene is playing out. Frazzled parents are carrying crying children who don't like wearing mittens or helmets or bulky jackets or are afraid, who don't want to leave mom and dad. I know it can be a stressful time of day for people, especially if they have multiple children and they're trying to go in several directions. So one of the things that I share with our staff is be the person you would want to drop your child off with. Parents are leaving their most prized possession with us every morning. Be the person that they feel very comfortable leaving their prized possession with. Parents apologetically hand their kids over to instructors, silently pleading with them to take control of the situation. And time and time again, our pros kick into gear to create personal connections and make the day a great one for both the kids and the parents. If you're you know, taller than the student they're dropping off, you kneel down and make eye contact with that student and really show that you care. Find out their first name, use their first name, make sure they can see your eyes. Just you know, be calm and endearing and trusting and ask the right questions and make sure they understand the day. Here's what we're gonna be doing today, here's where we'll be going, and we can't wait to see you at the end of the day and tell you what we've done. And then they're off. And parents watch as they head out and wonder how on earth they will manage. Getting them onto the snow with all their gear intact is step one. You have to keep in mind, it's like herding cats, you know? keep them all together. Keep all their parts and pieces attached to them. They drop a mitten and they drop a glove and like you're, you know, following the trail of their stuff. The most I've ever carried are eight or nine pairs of skis. And you know that uh, I may be dating myself, but on Sesame Street, they used to have the guy that would walk out of the building carrying all the pies um, and, you know, trying to hold all those pies before you go down the stairs. I have felt like that a lot. Snow sports happen in the winter and many people like the break of the summer season. But for some of our pros, their passion for skiing and riding drives a pursuit of winter year-round. Michaela Patton is currently a snow school supervisor in Whistler Blackcomb. I'm a seasonal ski instructor between Whistler Blackcomb and Falls Creek in Australia, and I've been doing that for 20 winters now. After acquiring not one, but two bachelor's degrees, and initially launching a career in PR in her hometown of Sydney, Michaela's path looks set. But after a trip with friends to Whistler Blackcomb for the 2010 Winter Olympics, Michaela realized she needed to go down a different path and landed a seasonal position at Falls Creek. So starting as a ticket seller, I would work probably five days a week and I occasionally would have a split shift where I would have a lunchtime free. And I skied every minute of every day that I had spare. And I snowboarded too. Michaela became friends with instructors that first season at Falls. 
they said, why don't you do your level one? You know, you can ski pretty well and it would be great to have you on board. So at the end of that first winter in 2010, I took my level one ski cert in Australia. And so began Michaela's always winter decade. Over the last 10 years, Michaela has honed her craft and knows a thing or two about teaching children. When you're teaching young children, you're really disguising their learning. So it's a really good lesson if they don't know they're actually learning something. This is the really young children. So you've got to be able to teach them all of the technical skills without them realizing. You've got to disguise it in fun, games, analogies, make-believe, fairy tales. As much as when you watch a children's lesson, it looks easy. It looks like the instructor's just playing games. There's actually a lot that goes on behind it, and the really good children's instructors are incredibly skilled at that. But it's not just all fun and play. Our pros understand stages of childhood development, as well as learning styles, and use that knowledge to tailor their approach for the comfort and success of each student. We train our instructors to look at a child development chart, right? And as a child goes from age sort of three up into teenage years, they change a lot. They change physically and we teach them about that, but they also change um, cognitively and socially. So little children who are aged, say, three to six, it's all about them. So even though you may have a group of six children, they're the centre of the universe and it's all very basic needs. They've got to be warm, they've got to be dry, they've got to feel safe. And as the children get older, then other sort of aspects come into play. So a child who's age eight, say, responds really well to positive reinforcement. So you've got to give them a lot of encouragement. They love being part of a team. They love, you know, having little races. You know, it's not until the teenage years where children then start to, or teenagers start to get, you know, really self-conscious. So you've got to be aware of that, not singling people out, sort of keeping everyone together as a group. So it can get pretty complicated uh, when you're teaching a range of ages of children. So a great children's ski pro brings together all these elements, patience, science, trade secrets, and good old fashioned fun to run a successful lesson. Amy Tewksbury Warren is the manager of the North Star ski and snowboard teams. Amy originally was a competitive snowboarder and got her start teaching snowboarding before becoming a ski instructor and then moving on to running the development programs. Teaching and coaching younger kids, it's more play. It's more experiential. You're more, for lack of better terms, tricking the kids into doing things on the hill and experiencing different feelings that are going on on their feet. The other day I was actually skiing along with one of the coaches and they had this really funny tactic they were using in that when you ski in a skiing stance, you want to stay forward in your boots. And she could have said, pressure forward, nose to the toes, which is an often common one that we use with kids. But when you start to lean up, stand upright, and lean in backwards, you start to get what she calls a Santa Claus belly. And so as these kids were skiing down, all she had to do was just say, ho, 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 and all the kids would laugh, and then they would get back into their skiing stance. Amy has the advantage of watching children progress from ski school into more advanced development programs. A really great thing about my job is that we see these kids from the age of five all the way through till, you know, till they transition out, ideally when they're in high school. 
to see a child who shows up starting off in a, in a, in a wedge turn and able to barely get down green terrain and then a few years later seeing them ripping through you know an, an alpine course is 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 really fun to watch if you're lucky enough to be introduced to the sport early you are given a gift for life but what if you don't have the opportunity to learn while you are young and you come to the sport for the first time as an adult that youthful willingness to try anything is often stripped away by life lessons the paralyzing fear of getting hurt the intimidation of people whizzing by, even embarrassment at being a beginner. These first-time, never-ever adult skiers need help moving from fear to cautious optimism. And it is our pros who are uniquely skilled at doing it. It begins with getting them on the snow in the first place. I think the first day of skiing and snowboarding is challenging in that we're asking people to be in such an awkward thing never in anything in our lives are we asked to put on big plastic boots and hold poles and hold skis and have helmets and goggles and so there's a lot of pieces before we even step on the ground that we have to teach and educate those first timers from there it's just making people comfortable in in a setting slowly transitioning people so that they're able and wanting to try transitioning from a magic carpet to a chairlift and so that they take ownership in the process. And then there are the tactics for tackling the biggest barrier of them all, fear. Fear plays a huge role and it can be incredibly debilitating and paralyzing. So a few things that you can do to overcome fear is First of all, you need control. And most people, you know, when they're nervous or scared, they'll tell you all the different things that they're scared of. And it comes back to if they ski or snowboard more in control, they're going to be less likely to be scared. So we use tactics like taking people to flatter terrain and teaching them to ski a little faster on that terrain, um, using the turn shape to slow someone down or allow them to speed up when they need to and really giving that person control of their own skiing choices, their own skiing environment and saying, you know, you can choose to go slower or faster here, you have that power. The second component to it is probably more of a psychological one, which is the trust. You know, I was reading a few studies that said that in order for someone to improve, if they're taking a lesson, you have to move them out of their comfort zone. Now, if you move someone out of their comfort zone too much, you, you destroy their confidence, you usually destroy their technique and you destroy that trust. But if you keep someone in their comfort zone for too long, they will never improve. So in order to move just that little bit out of the zone and, and push them that little bit further, they have to be able to trust you. So you have to have a relationship with your guest. The key to becoming a safe, confident and skilled skier or rider is progression and practice. And that relies on our ability to meet guests where they are at and move them through different levels. Our guests often take lessons to learn to ski or ride. Sometimes they don't take lessons to learn how to ski or ride better. Fundamentally, we believe that the job of our pros is not just to teach the basics, 
but to progress people through the different levels. We assess our guest levels one through nine. Uh, level one is what we call the never ever. So someone who's never participated in the sport before is a level one. Once a skier or rider can just start to turn their equipment and slow themselves down to a stop on our easiest uh, learning area, they become a level two. A level three can make turns. They can start to link turns together, really control their speed on our easiest learning area. A level four, we're starting to introduce some, um, all of our green terrain and some of our very basic blue terrain. And they're able to change up the size of their turns. They're able to change the speed so they can really manage speed control. Level five, it just keeps going. So it's like more terrain, more skill, and it just keeps building on each other. So that takes us all the way to level nine. And our guests can track their progress through Epic Mix Academy. Epic Mix Academy takes those nine learning levels that we have, and we have certain skills or accomplishments within each of those nine levels. And so with each student in each lesson, our instructors have what's called an Epic Mix Academy card. And so I would mark off on you know, whatever level you are, and you're working on this and you've mastered this. And it gives a sense of kind of accomplishment, but also direction for the next lesson. So hopefully, because you still have things to work on, you're gonna come back tomorrow and take another lesson. For Michaela, helping someone take the next leap in their growth is a thrill, no matter what their level. You do love the look on someone's face when they can achieve something for the first time. And that could be someone who's never skied before, but it could also be someone who skied for a long time and you've just given them that aha moment. Some of our guests have moved beyond the need for instruction. So what does ski school offer them? Well, in that case, our guests aren't necessarily looking for a lesson. They are looking to experience the mountain. And what better way to experience the mountain than skiing with a pro, a mountain guide. And skiing with a mountain guide has its perks. We've got access to going through the snow school queue at the lift line, and basically that means that you're gonna have more laps on the mountain. And you've essentially got a private tour guide, you know, someone who knows the mountain inside out, who knows where, where's gonna be busy, where's gonna be quiet, um, where the best runs are at a certain time of day, where the powder loads, where's gonna be sheltered from the wind. So it's an experience that you're investing in. From child to adult, from beginner to highly skilled, there are a range of options within our ski schools. But what about unlocking the sport and making our mountains accessible for our guests with a physical or cognitive disability? Our specialized adaptive program can open up our sport and our mountains to them as well. Ruth DeMuth set out for Colorado with the intention of earning a doctorate in occupational therapy. On the drive out, she stopped at Vail Mountain. So I started researching to see if they had anything um, along the lines of working with individuals with disabilities because I thought if I got a job that was in my field, then I could still go to graduate school and I wouldn't be considered a ski bum. Ruth is now in her 33rd season with Vail and is a ski instructor specializing in the adaptive program. I never made it to graduate school. And I said, this is it. I get to do what I like to do. I get to help people. I can give them back something, mobility or just uh, recreation. She remembers her first day on the job well. 
Kara Hyde was the uh, supervisor of the adaptive program at the time. And I had just been hired on um, through the ski school because what makes Vail unique is that you have to be hired as a ski instructor first, and then you can choose adaptive as a second discipline like children or snowboard or anything. And uh, so Kara said there's a, a lesson and it's with a young man who's an amputee above the knee. So um, do you know how to use outriggers? And I was, you know, well, I've seen them before. I don't know if I actually know how to use them. She goes, great, go over to chair 12, figure it out, and I'll be over there in an hour. And I said, okay. So I started thinking about it and how the body moves. And at that time, the US disabled ski team used to practice uh, right there at Golden Peak. So I would watch them and then I would try and do it. And then I'd watch them. And then I was like, oh, I got this. And then I went up on old chair six, which, you know, for a beginner would be considered really steep because that's the race hill now. And uh, started skiing down on one ski and outriggers. And I became very proficient at it. That's how I had my first lesson. Ruth has seen the evolution of the program over the years. The adaptive program, when I first started, it was really, really small program. And it was part of the ski school. And I thought, well, that's interesting. The philosophy was, well, we're teaching skiing. We're not teaching individuals with a disability. When you're teaching skiing, you're following the alpine standards and how the ski integrates with the snow. And if somebody comes that has a disability, look at how the body works and how it integrates with the snow. Don't focus on the disability, focus on how they can ski. I thought that was a really neat concept. You looked at the equipment as, okay, how do we use the equipment? How does it interface the snow? Then we looked at the body. How does the body work with the equipment? So we were approaching it from um, the snow up instead of the body down. I think that was a real turning point. Uh, we started to change the philosophy that it truly is adapting skiing, and that's where adaptive skiing came about. Of course, there are some added complexities, including the variety of equipment that requires a unique skill set. So there's several different disciplines in adaptive. There's the sit-down equipment, which is the monoski, biski. There's three-track, four-track, or two-track special needs. So stand up with some um, outriggers or aids to help with the balance portion. And then there's cognitive disabilities. And with the cognitive disabilities, you also might use some equipment to help with the balance part. And then there's also visual impairment. So for certification, we break it down to cognitive VI, and then three-track, four-track, and then monobi. We, you know, do a lot of studying, going through the whole anatomy and physiology, how does the body work? So if I'm missing this, how is it going to affect the ski and move from there? At the end of the day, the joy that comes from the adaptive coaching is the people you get to train. There's so many great memories. Probably my best adaptive memory is a gentleman um, named Jim who had lost his legs uh, due to diabetes and he was a double leg amputee and he was a jokester, really funny. 
and he could tell when they were new lift operators. And uh, we would go up the mountain, and I would see Jim start to kind of jiggle his legs. And I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't. And he's like, come on, it's going to be fun. And I'm like, oh, gosh. So as we're approaching the top of the lift tower, all of a sudden you see the lifty looking at us at the moment that both Jim's legs will drop. And (laughs) the (laughs) lift operator just doesn't know what to do. And then I have to explain, it's okay, those are prosthetic legs. He's he's just pulling one on you. (laughs) And uh, the lift operator is about to have a heart attack, but you know, hopefully it's a great memory for them as well. And that's the key draw for all of our pros, adaptive or otherwise, the relationships that are formed Our instructors spend more one-on-one time with our guests than any of our other employees. That time is incredibly impactful on the experience our guests have. And that experience is shaped by more than just the skills they learn and can have a lasting impact, sometimes even life-changing, as Stacy recalls. So we had about 80 new instructors and they were in a conference room and I came in to introduce myself And I walked into the room and an instructor from the back of the room stood up and shrieked. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is happening? And this this tall woman came running down towards me in front of all these people. And she said, Stacy, oh my gosh, you're still here. And I gave her a big hug and I took a step back and I said, oh my gosh, I was her instructor. I was her instructor when she was nine and 10 years old. And she had obviously grown up and gone to college and decided she wanted to come back and teach skiing. And that was our first time seeing each other. And so that was truly one of the most remarkable moments. While relationships are critical, so too are tools and techniques. And as the years have passed, the tools and techniques have evolved. John Bueller is the chief operating officer for Breckenridge Ski Resort. For John, the resort life is in his blood. I originally started skiing when I was two years old. I grew up in Southern California. Um, My dad, though, was born and raised in Switzerland, so skiing was a part of his life. And we were able to ski every single weekend because he was actually a national ski patrol at a resort in Southern California called Mount Baldy. So I grew up hanging out in patrol huts as a little kid and just had a ball. John's first job in the industry was as a ski instructor. Back in the early 80s, you actually had to try out and they only selected a certain amount of instructors. Uh, and you had to pay for it. So it was a five-day course and cost you $75. And since then, he has seen the evolution of ski school techniques as technology has changed the sport. Having snowboarding have the growth and popularity that it did in the 90s and early 2000s really led to the change in our skis and changed how we skied. So interestingly, from a technique perspective, at least in Alpine, we have three major skills, rotary, edge, and pressure. And, it, and that was the format that it started. You rotated your skis, it turned to the edge, got to an edge, and then you pressured it throughout the turn. Now, with the shape of snowboards and us turning to shape skis and redesigning and rethinking about how skis work and how they react on snow, Now it's changed from rotary edge pressure to edge pressure rotary. So you teach it a little bit differently than you used to in the past with super long skis. Uh, When I started out, 
To measure our skis, we would stand up, put our arms straight up over our head and cup our hand, and that's where the ski tip needed to be. And now skis are about head height between your nose and the top of your head in general, and they are so much easier to turn than the skis of the past. And that really came about with the invention and the work that was done with snowboards. While we don't know how the sport will continue to evolve over the coming years, one thing is certain, it will evolve. And so too will the techniques our instructors use. Mindfulness is a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment. It's a technique we are seeing people adopt in their personal lives, at work to cope with stress, in schools, and now in ski coaching. Amy and her team at Northstar have started experimenting with it as a tool for her students in her development program. One of the big pieces that we're working on are tactics to teach yourself how to reframe by using breathing techniques and mindfulness. Uh, this is the first year that we've been working specifically with a mindfulness coach um, that has come in and helped us. Our instructors stay on track with the latest techniques through certification and training run by the Professional Ski Instructors of America and the American Association of Snowboard Instructors, PSIA and AASI. Dave Miriam is the Senior Director of Skier Services at Stowe and has been with Stowe for 30 years. Dave's first job in the industry was at Sugarloaf, primarily working the lifts. In those days, the gondola was detachable, but it didn't have a terminal to, to slow the gondola down. So my job at the summit was the gondola would come in, it would come off the cable, I'd slow it down by hand, I'd have a little key, I'd open it up, I'd let the guests out, wish them a, you know, a great day, and then close the door and then time the interval uh, and pushed the gondola out of the terminal and it grabbed onto the cable and went down to the base. The following season, he joined ski school and found his calling. Loved it. Just drawn up by the people, the camaraderie, being outdoors, teaching. Uh, so that was it. Dave has been involved with PSIA for his entire career, beginning with gaining his own accreditation before moving on to the demo team and coaching roles, helping to shape and evolve the way instructors teach. PSIA and then the equivalent ASI basically is a trade organization that assists in the growth and development and certification of instructors and supports the community of ski instruction or snowboard instruction. Whether they're educational materials that are there, there's access to clinics and exams and learning and understanding. There's access to uh, educational publication resources, online, written. You have a level one, two, and three, and that's level one is baseline. Level two is probably competent to coaching up until, you know, parallel skiing. And then level three would be more, you know, black, you know, specialized terrain, bumps, powder, uh, trees, woods, that kind of thing. And that's both with PSIA and ASI. And then from there, you get into the realm of teaching teachers. Bale Resorts is extraordinarily supportive of it with their reimbursement programs. Our pay systems are pegged to growth and development with certification. Within ski school, there is a culture of ongoing learning and continuous improvement. Even when you are the best of the best, there is always more to learn. And the best way to learn? From each other. 
You know, the best quote I ever got was, all ski instructors are thieves and plagiarists. So when you go out with another instructor and someone says something, you might all of a sudden have a light bulb and go, that is a great way to say that. I'm going to steal that and I'm going to use that in my next lesson. And um, we have things that are called milk runs that uh, we go up in the morning. Most people think we're just out there stealing the powder, but we're with usually a clinic leader and they say, hey, here's the topic for today. And we just share. So sharing the information against your peers is probably one of the best ways to keep learning and taking advantage of clinics through the PSI organization and the National Academy. And I think as an instructor, if you don't keep pursuing your education, then it's time to retire because there's always something new, a different way of connecting with the guests, how to say things, and it just inspires you to keep going. So ski instructors are lifelong learners, masters of technique, empathetic listeners, strong communicators, relationship builders, and problem solvers. And when you bring all that together, you tend to find some pretty driven people. Our instructors often go on to build long and varied careers across mountain operations. In fact, Pat Campbell, our mountain division president, came up through ski school. So too did John Bueller. Working in ski schools, it's not just about the ski school, it's learning how to manage guests, it's learning how to manage people, it's learning to work with other departments, which is something that a lot of other departments don't have the opportunity to do. So Ski School works with food and beverage. Ski School works with grooming, snowmaking, PR, marketing, pricing, you know, you name it. So it really teaches you how to manage uh, across a wide variety of people. And yes, you don't know how to manage a lift, but the breadth of knowledge that you do have starting out really supports you. And running a ski school is certainly a complex business in its own right. A big part of the ski school is logistics, right? We have three different base areas, business seven days a week, instructors that work 14 days only for the season to five days, six days a week, and everything in between. So communication becomes a major component of what we do to ensure we have the right amount of pros at each one of the levels at each one of the locations. We work very closely with our product sales teams to ensure that we know exactly who's coming. You know, the other thing that's really interesting is the fact that with these multiple base areas, people don't know where they're staying. And so we're trying to align where they're staying with where they should be meeting their pros. So, you know, if you don't do that correctly, we have someone say, yeah, I'm going to be coming up to Peak 8, and then they land at the village down in town. It is a logistical nightmare. And at the same time, it's actually pretty exciting, the scheduling that goes on behind the scenes on a daily basis. And it's based on a lot of history. And so we, we have really great tracking to understand the types of volumes that we manage and what's happening during that year. So preseason, we're scheduling. In season, we're scheduling even more. At the core of Ski School is the holistic end-to-end experience we provide. The goal with any business is to continue to grow the business. So the idea about managing the ski school is to understand what the guest desires and what their needs are. So from children's lessons to adult lessons to group lessons to private lessons, what is it they're looking for? How many hours should that product be? We do a lot of listening to our guests to see what they have to say. 
and take those insights to determine how we can continue to grow the school and have an impact. And that growth of the school has to be because the guest sees the value in the products that we're delivering. Teaching of any kind is a true art. It requires a special relationship between the instructor and the student. It's a big feedback loop where the student needs to listen to and watch the instructor, and the instructor has to adjust his or her approach to each student. It's not easy, but from my own personal skiing experience, I understand the power of it. For many of our guests, they have the luxury to create lifelong relationships with our pros. For them, for their kids, for their whole families. An incredible gift. But for other guests, they may only get the opportunity for one group lesson. But make no mistake, even a half day with one of our instructors, even one key pointer can change your entire experience with the mountain. Yes, they are that good. And when they tell you to ski with your hands, they mean it. I want to thank Stacy, Michaela, Amy, Ruth, John, and Dave for sharing their stories today. And I hope they have inspired you to take a lesson, whether on the mountain or anywhere in life, because you never know what you might learn. As always, email your feedback on this episode to podcast at valeresorts.com. Thanks for listening.